following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into a hump day edition of Main Street Sports. Today on this wild and wacky Wednesday, we'll visit with Heather Williams from WCYB TV out of Bristol. Talk a little NASCAR, vroom, vroom, turn left. Also, Belmont men's basketball coach Casey Alexander will be joining us as we'll dive also into Braves baseball. Talk a little NCAA. And the boys have some thoughts on the NCAA women's tournaments. Oh, boy. Opinions galore. We got them on this wild and wacky Wednesday, a wild and windy Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Now to the Hall of Famer and Sports Writer of the Year, donning his Braves cap, Mo Patton, and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yow. Welcome in, gentlemen. Yes, welcome in indeed. What a Wednesday it's about to be. We've got a great show coming up for you. And today's top story comes from Conference USA. It's not really a first touch or a kickoff. It's it's all sports. All of the above. That's right. So yesterday it was announced. Conference USA, Marshall, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion have come to an agreement. They will separate. And in 2022-23 academic year, the conference will play with just 11 members. I believe that is before Jacksonville State and James Madison will join the conference in 23-24. So, big news there. The conference conference football schedules that were released will, I guess, be re-released. I think they would have to. I'm sure they had both of those planned and ready to go. I don't think anybody's surprised. Is anybody surprised by this? That they, I mean, there was no chance those three were playing. Clearly. They had, they had made that clear. Yeah. <laughs> One so, way or another. You, you know, you can do what you want to, but we're not playing. So. All right. Let's uh, get right into the rest of the show. It's going to be a great one, but we need to give you yesterday's results. Today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. All right. uh, Busy day once again on the rundown. We'll start in high school baseball as we've got uh, Franklin Christian uh, 69 over Zion Christian Cannon County over Westmoreland. Smyrna. Shutting out Antioch. This is a baseball score, 24 to nothing. Ravenwood over Blackman. Stewart's Creek defeated Laverne. Lawrence County, 4-1 winners over Lincoln County. Oakland defeated New Trier from Illinois. Riverdale over Maryville from Ohio. Rockville down Henry County. Siegel fell to Lake Park out of Illinois. Spring Hill, 10-5 winners over Page. Beach shut out by Gallatin. Greenbrier, 6-5 winners over Joe Burns. It was Richland Big over Hampshire Station Camp, shutting out Hunters Lane, 17-0. Loretto in a squeaker over Lewis County. Giles County, big over Mount Pleasant, 14-1. White House down uh, by Portland, 3-2. Overton fell to Summertown, 7-2. White House Heritage over Fairview. Cookville falls to Wilson Central, 
Centennial defeats Brentwood. Nolansville over Columbia Central. Independence down Summit. Clarksville took care of business over Northeast. Springfield defeated Rossview. Northwest fell to West Creek. CPA over Father Ryan. It was Lipscomb Academy by 10 over Brentwood Academy. Pope Prep over Innsworth. DCA with a pair of wins over New Albany, Indiana. And shutting out Ezel Harding. It was Good Pasture over Clarksville Academy. And Columbia Academy defeated Providence Christian. In softball from yesterday, Zion Christian over Fayetteville, Warren County, over Mount Juliet, East Robertson Falls to Westmoreland, Community over Rockvale, Gallatin, big over Hunters Lane, 18 to nothing. Giles County, 3-1 winners at Loretto, uh, or over Loretto. It was Portland falling to Macon County, Summertown shutting out Richland, White House Heritage over Fairview, Columbia Central shut out by Nolansville, Summit by 10 over Ravenwood, Clarksville, 2-0 winners over Stewart County. It was Springfield big over Northeast. Brentwood downed Lipscomb Academy. BGA over Ezel Harding. Here's another score? softball score. 24-20. Softball. That one took a little bit of time, I'm sure. <laughs> At the Gulf Coast Classic down in Alabama. It was Ardmore from Alabama over Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant also fell to Foley, Alabama. Columbia Academy defeated Mobile Christian. One to nothing, and also took down Pleasant Grove as well. Today already, it was Mount Pleasant in action. They fall to Hartsell from Alabama, six to five. Uh, that that ended there. That was in tournament play, by the way. Okay. And currently, yeah, that's kind of okay. I'm not sure what's going on. I'll try to find a score for this, the upcoming schedule. Okay. All right. So Mount Pleasant's time down to the Gulf Coast Classic complete. On the pitch today, uh, or yesterday, rather, boys soccer, Greenbrier 2-1 over White House. White House Heritage 3-2 over Good Pasture. Page shutting out Lawrence County 7-0. Loretta over Scotts Hill 3-2. And MLK shutting out Innsworth 1-0. Uh, in NCAA baseball yesterday, it was Evansville 10-5 over Austin P. Vanderbilt defeated Lipscomb at First Horizon Park 7-1. MTSU up on the plateau. Doubled up Tennessee Tech 8-4 NAIA action. Cumberland 10-5 over Milligan. And in college softball, Murray State uh, took two out of three over Austin P. Belmont. What are we what are we looking it's at here? 10 to 2 and 7 nothing. Gotcha. 10 to 2, Those 7 Those are nothing. double headers. Okay. So Murray State actually won two to one, won two and, to one two to and two to nothing. They swept a pair. Correct. Belmont swept a pair over Tennessee State. Cumberland. Same thing. Same thing over Lane College. All right. Um, keeping it fresh. I like it, Chris. Uh, NHL, it was the Preds 5-1 winners over the Senators. In action today on the Diamond High School Baseball, uh, 4.30 first pitch. Check your um, your local front offices. Antioch uh, and Maplewood, Lipscomb Academy at Brentwood Academy, CPA at Father Ryan Summit, welcoming Independence. At 5, it is West Creek at Joe Burns. 5.30, Ensworth will take on Pope Prep. Gallatin at Beach at 6, also at 6, Henry County at Oakland. Uh, at 6.30, Nolensville welcomes Columbia Central. At 7, Green Hill versus Cookville. Hunters Lane at Station Camp. And Centennial will be taking on Brentwood at some point today. At the Warrior Spring Classic, these games are taking place today. Riverdale at Lake uh, and Lake Park, scheduled for four. At five, it is Smyrna and Moore County. At six, Blackman will take on New Trier. 
at six. Also, Siegel and Nuqua Valley out of sure. Illinois. Uh, 6.30, Summertown versus Smyrna. Also at 6.30, Murfreesboro Central versus um, Hilton Head Christian from South Carolina. Uh, also at 6.30, Riverdale will play Silver Creek. And at 6.30 as well, Rockville and Spring Hill. Check uh, local listings. These games are played at, at multiple sites. So uh, dig a little bit to find out where you wish to go. Um, all right, uh, high school softball today. 4 o'clock, uh, first pitch, Waverly at Northeast at 4.30. Brentwood Academy travels to Harpeth Hall. Centennial welcomes Ravenwood at 5.30 at 6. It is Antioch versus Smyrna. And down at the Gulf Shores Classic today, Siegel scheduled uh, to play uh, Lafayette, or they were, earlier today, and Columbia Academy versus Pisgah. I believe that one's underway as we speak. Um, and in college baseball, Western Carolina at Tennessee at 4.30 this afternoon on SEC+. Plus. College softball, Lipscomb will be at Tennessee at 4, also SEC+. Plus. And Mississippi State is in the borough to take on the Lady Blue Raiders at 4 o'clock. NBA tonight, uh, the Grizzlies in San Antonio to take on the Spurs on Bally Sports South. That is your Wednesday Rundown. Number one seed, Columbia Academy in that tournament, taking on my former home of Pisgah, Alabama. Pisgah. Yeah. Up on Sand Mountain, just outside of where the Leuven brothers are from. Charlie and Ira. So, anyway. Championship game for that set at 6.15 tonight. Siegel, the sixth seed in Columbia Academy, could potentially play for the Gulf's Shores Classic. And they've already played once this year, I believe, with Siegel winning that one. So... Mount Pleasant, tough day, but uh, pretty good showing. It's the second-ranked Hartzell Lady Tigers, number two in Class Six A, and only falling six to five. So that's nice. It's really, it's a really good tournament down there. I ought uh, to give them some confidence as they come back into um, District Ten Two A play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really good, really, really good tournament. Always down there. They have three of those every year for three. Spring Spring break break weeks, weeks. and it's always pretty fun to watch. Anyway, when we come back, Heather Williams, WCYB, talks NASCAR. So stick around on Main Street Sports today. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them 
out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck, yes. That'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Welcome back in to Main Street Sports Today. Chris Yao alongside Mo Patton, J.P. Plant on the controls and keeping us sounding great, doing the best he can to keep us looking decent. Sometimes he has to just zoom out on the camera so that you can't see us, and that's the best time that we look. Or when we have a guest. That's right. That's the, that, Just put them up. That's always a lot easier. That's, that's just no doubt there. And... In fact, we do, Mo, have a guest each week. We are joined by WCYB TV's Heather Williams to talk a little NASCAR. And looking forward to this week because we get to chat about the Richmond Raceway and the claim they make of being the America's premier short track. And so I'm curious how folks in Bristol take to that claim. <laughs> I mean, I suppose you could claim whatever you want, right? <laughs> Don't make it true, does it? You go. Yeah, I could claim I'm six feet tall. Uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of like that national. Cha- five. That, that, that's like that national championship that UCF is claiming. Yeah, right? there you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 1941 right. for Alabama. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I think Kansas has two things in basketball. They call that's called the Helms Trophy that they claim as national championship. So, you know, you never know. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Heather, how are you? How how are, how have you been this week? I know the answer it's been to this. Great, we've been doing them like, uh, a lot of prep work, getting ready for school. So it's been great. It's been fun. Here's the question for Heather: how do, how are you juggling? this weekend's race and your Jayhawks. <laughs> you know, I'm probably not going to get to watch Saturday's game because I'm going to be, we're having um, a big short track race here in Bristol. It's like a primer for um, the dirt race in a couple of weeks. And Kyle Larson is running this race. So I'll be at the track covering mm. that. I'm going to have it on in the media center, but I don't know how much I'll get to watch. But I'm off on Monday, so I will, if they, assuming or hoping or praying that they make it, I will be watching that. Little known fact, Heather Williams, huge, uh, huge Kansas fan. Huge. We'll fight you <laughs> over the Jayhawks, so, so be Probably careful. Probably so, yes. I grew up 45 minutes from Lawrence, so. Have you ever called out of work, Heather, to watch a Kansas game? I have not. 
No. Well, you and, you and no, Eric Church gonna, don't have something in common do. then. <laughs> now, I will, right? I know, that's so weird to yeah. me. But I'm not going to say I haven't watched games at work, because I definitely have, but... No, I've never, I've never called off a of work. That's, that's the positive of being money. a sports reporter is you can watch games at work and, and nobody can say anything and, to and you. you're working, yeah. Yeah, that's a great yeah, it's thing. Call it work. Call it work, yes. <laughs> Heather, uh, we do need to talk a little bit about NASCAR, I guess. <laughs> but I did see, I saw there was, a, there was a big race in Bristol over the weekend as well on the dirt, uh, which, I, I mean, I guess it was the sprint cars. But it's actually late model cars. Were they late models? Weekends that it last, yeah, last weekend and this weekend um, are basically the same tour. It's here for two straight weekends. Gotcha. Um, and it's all just to kind of, uh, they did this last year too. It's all prep to get the car track, you know, to check it out, to see if they need to make adjustments to, to and give these guys a chance to race at Bristol. But it's just part of the prep to get ready for the, the big weekend here. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, nonetheless, interesting weekend as Trackhouse Racing gets its first win with Ross Chastain and did it with a little controversy, um, moving some folks out of the way and uh, I guess putting a couple folks into the, the garage. But um, nonetheless, big weekend for Trackhouse. For sure. And I actually talked to Ross yesterday. We uh, took a trip out to Trackhouse Racing yesterday. And, I mean, to be fair, he says, you know, AJ and Alex Bowman both got into his bumper earlier in that lap. Mm-hmm. And that um, he didn't really mean to, you know, push them as hard as I guess they pushed out of the way. He didn't expect that to happen. But that he thought it was completely fair to make that move because, that move had been made on him earlier in the lap. You know, he had been one of the, one of the dominant cars all day long and was leading when the green flag dropped on the final restart. So there may be people that see controversy in this, but Ross is not one of them. He finds this to be pretty legitimate and pretty, um, you know, a perfectly fine move. In the bigger picture for Trackhouse, how great is it to see a new team come into the sport and have this kind of success. This is the great part of the next gen car. And it's a team that has a huge celebrity as its owner, Pitbull. I mean, that is great for the profile of the sport of NASCAR. It just raises the visibility and gets people that maybe weren't paying that much attention a little bit more excited. So it's pretty cool. We were fortunate enough not to get Pitbull on the show, but to get Ty Norris with Trackhouse Racing <laughs> on with us ahead of the, the race out at the L.A. Coliseum. And so um, pretty cool for for us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, I mean, and Ty's a guy that's been around for a long time and has had success with a number of organizations, DEI, Michael Walters Racing. And, you know, he's really the – that the him and Justin Marks are really the guys that run this on a day to day basis, and so that's awesome. I love that you got to talk to Ty. He's Franklin he's Resident, way smarter than I'll ever be. So that, yeah. that helped oh, us yeah. out. I forgot about that. that he's that he's yeah. right here in, <laughs> in sure. town. Um, For it, sure, yeah, I forgot about that. Other interesting parts of that race: uh, Bubba Wallace's tire just you know picked a fine time to leave him loose wheel and. Just kind of yeah, and when does this become a problem, right? It's I mean, it's been a problem. <laughs> to, right, 
NASCAR keeps pointing to crew error, crew error, you know, and when even, even when we talk to, ain't never um, been no error before. <laughs> well, but they have completely different. So I, we talked to a couple of crew chiefs yesterday, uh, Darian Grubb at track house. He's actually, I guess, former crew chief now director of competition there. And then, um, a couple of crew chiefs over at Spire Motorsports. And I mean, they, there's a huge difference in the way that you attack these pit stops now as opposed to the five lug nut pit stops. And Darian said, you know, they're just not taking the time to place the wheel. Before you shove the wheel on there and hit the lug nuts, and it kind of, you know, it's just like if you don't quite line up your tires, you know, it'll adjust when you start tightening that lug nut. But with these, with this single lug, you have to place it on there and it has to be placed perfectly. You have to take a little bit more time. You're gaining time anyway because you're only hitting one lug nut. So the, he, he says if you just take a little bit more time, it would help. But I'm not sure that that's all of it because if it was just happening, you know, every other race or every once in a while, okay. But this is happening every race, sometimes multiple times a race. And so mm-hmm. whether, it's crew, whether it's crew error or not, it's a problem. Because it's a danger, you know, if you're driving 200 miles an hour at Talladega and the wheel comes off, not only does the guy that loses his wheel have a danger, but everybody's around him while the wheel's bouncing around. It's like it was bouncing around on I-65. <laughs> Listen, I had a wheel fall off on me on I-65, so I feel, yeah. I feel their pain. <laughs> you're hitting a little close to home there, Heather. Well, I didn't even know, but, I mean, it's not good. And it was a very similar situation. Five lug nuts, not all of them tightened. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> I don't you, think any Chris, of them were tired. Yeah, Chris, Chris needs to have a talk with his with his pit crew. I <laughs> think spend them for a right. week or two. Yeah. <laughs> so Rich, Richmond this weekend, um, we did finally see a repeat winner, right? We have seen a repeat winner now. No, we have no. still we still no, not a repeat. No, no repeats. Oh goodness! Yeah. Everybody's first time winners for the year. Okay, so so what's what's the guess this weekend? <laughs> Does that continue? And if so, who I, is it? I would guess that would continue. You still got a lot of good drivers that haven't won yet. I mean, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch. Um, trying to think. I mean, there's uh, Chase Elliott. I mean, and we're in a string here of three straight short tracks. If you can include Bristol Dirt, which it is short, it's just a completely different animal, which leveled the playing field in the past, and especially these next-gen cars. I mean, anyone could win this weekend in Richmond. I mean, you might see somebody just completely out of left field, like a Corey LaJoy. I mean, he ran six in Atlanta. You know, he's a, a, got a short-track background on this next-gen car. Why couldn't he be up front? So, um, I don't think very many people had Ross Chastain and <laughs> Chase Briscoe winning and, and Austin Cindric winning and half of the first races of this year. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be neat, and it has been neat so far, to see the sport kind of turned on its ear and to see all sorts of new people finding success. Because especially if you look at, like, the track house racing, Ross Chastain had a couple of second-place finishes before he won this week. So it's not just you showing up to a track and getting lucky. They're running well, and they're running better than some of the big teams right now. So I think that's just fantastic. Well, it should be a great, uh, great race as 
most short tracks are, but now again with the next gen car, we've seen it. This is this is a car that kind of levels the playing field, as as you said, Heather. And a place like Richmond is always unpredictable. So I'm looking forward to it. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's this, it's kind of like if because it's a lot like Phoenix, kind of like if an intermediate track and a short track had a child together because it has characteristics where it races like both, which I think it makes it you know, interesting because, you know, you've got some of the speed of, of an intermediate track, but you've got the close quarters of a short track. The Toyota owner's 400 green flag will drop at 2.30 central time. So that should be a lot of fun. And Heather will be hoping she's preparing for her Monday party for the Jayhawks rock chalk <laughs> national title game against the winner so. of Duke in North Carolina. So who you got Don't on the other side? Not been kind to us in the past. There, there's <laughs> that. Who you got on the other side though? Duke in North Carolina. Oh gosh. I mean, the PC thing would be to say coach K in his final year. Right. But I mean, no. North Carolina got them at the end of the regular season and they, they are playing some pretty good basketball. So I don't really want to play either one of them, if I'm just being honest, because those are all three of those teams are in there that have not been trying to Kansas. But I, w- I would probably say I might pick North Carolina. I'd love to see North Carolina there just to see Hubert, Hubert Davis, Davis. In, in his first year, first year playing for a national championship. So I think that'd yeah, be Yeah, what really a great cool. job he's done. I feel like that's underrated. That's it, a story it's, that's getting not, lost. Yeah. It's really getting lost with the Coach K thing and, and all of the unpredictability of the tournament to this point. But yeah, I think he's done a fantastic job. I and mean, they're an eight seed. They're an eight seed. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of people go in, when they made the hire were that thrilled with it. <laughs> That's but true. He, There's that. He's done great. Absolutely. Heather, thank you so much. We appreciate it as always. Yeah, fun time, guys. We will take a quick break and we will talk about the women's March Madness tournament mm-hmm. on the other side. But also, there's some some rumors flying around about the Titans. And so, we're going to have to find somewhere to shove that in here because... I was unaware that apparently the New York Jets are trying to get AJ Brown from the Titans, and I don't think it's anyway. I don't think it's they happening. can try. Yeah, so we'll, we'll squeeze that in sometime in the show. I don't know when it's going to be, but we'll talk NCAA women's basketball tournament after this because they just can't get it right. Come back. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Find out the latest sports news happening in Gallatin, Hendersonville, Portland, and the rest of Sumner County with Zach Wamba each week on Sumner County Sports Podcast. Zach now turns his attention to the spring sports season from baseball to softball, tennis, track and field, and more. Zach gets you up to date on the latest in local sports news all across Sumner County. The Sumner County Sports Podcast drops every Thursday at noon or on our Main Street social media platforms and wherever you get your podcasts. It's Sumner County Sports Podcast with Zach Womble, weekly from Main Street Media. Welcome back into Main Street Sports today. I'm Chris Yao. He's Mo Patton. JP's behind the mic number three. And I haven't I haven't used the term trash can juice in quite a while. I don't know that I've used it in this entity of the show. I don't know that you have. Yeah, it's Main Street Sports. I th- heard trash can juice. I don't, I don't know that they have, but well, they're fixing them. They're fixing to hear it because <laughs> NCAA women's basketball tournament selection committee, absolute trash can juice. And the reasoning behind that distinction is that in the 2022 women's final four, There are three number one seeds and one number two seed. The number two seed that's in the final four just happened to play their Elite Eight game and their Sweet 16 game, for that matter, in their backyard, 80 miles away from their home arena in what is, I guess, the easiest way to put this, an absolutely inexcusable move by the committee and yet they have completely stood behind it and said they got it right and it took two overtimes for connecticut to take down number one seed north carolina state two overtimes that game was played anywhere else you think you think that you think that crowd might have had something to do with uh them getting a little extra juice in overtime no i mean in that situation, you'll take any juice you can get. And and the fact that you've got 10,000 folks and the large majority of those are cheering for you, certainly, it didn't hurt them. It certainly did not. It didn't hurt them. And Grace Rayner of The Athletic 
has an article, I guess it posted yesterday. Um, you know, Wes Moore of North Carolina State said when the brackets came out, said, I thought we were going to the NCAA, uh, NCAAs. It turns out we're going to the Geno Invitational. And he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. And, and I believe somebody sitting at this on this set said at the time, if I'm North Carolina State, I'm pissed. Oh, we both said it. Absolutely. It was and we knew that was going to end up happening and and putting putting North Carolina State in that situation was inexcusable. Committee chair Nina King, the athletic director at Duke. From where? <laughs> Duke. You don't think that might have played a little bit. You would think that it's a little ACC well, pride, but apparently, apparently it, it's, it spun the other way. Huh? Clearly. We take into account fan experience, student athlete welfare, modes of transportation, whether it's a drive or a fly. There's a variety of things that we certainly take into account and have a lot of discussion around. And certainly UConn and Bridgeport was one of those that we spent a lot of time on ensuring we got, that we got it right. And I'd hate for them to have spent less time ensuring that they got it right because they certainly did not. Here's the thing. North Carolina State was apparently the three seed. The third best number one seed. Yeah, the overall number three, mm -hmm. right? And despite being number two in net and being tied with Stanford with an eight and two record against top 25 net teams only behind South Carolina – Instead of instead of putting Stanford, which by the way Stanford playing in Spokane and South Carolina now South Carolina in Greensboro, but that's still a different state. Well, see, I mean, here's the thing: once your region, once your regionals were set, Bridgeport, Wichita, Greensboro, and Spokane, like you said, your four number ones. South Carolina is the top overall seed, so they were going to be Greensboro. Greensboro. Stanford was the number two in since they were whether out they west, should they have been gonna, or not. Right. They, they probably were. got the two because But even 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 if they weren't the two, of the four number ones, they were gonna be in Spokane. Right. Regardless. Most likely. Okay. Um North Carolina State was the number three. Who was the four? The fourth Louisville. team is Louisville. Okay, so Louisville's in Wichita. I mean, that was – Could have gone either way. Well, Louisville is closer to Wichita than NC State. I mean, of those regionals, as a number one – But is Louisville, clo is Louisville closer or farther away from Bridgeport than North Carolina State as the four? What they should have done is put North is put UConn in the Wichita region. UConn should not. I mean, the thing is, Period. this isn't about the number ones, right? This is about this is about the number UConn. twos because whoever the number one was going to Bridgeport was going to be disadvantaged if UConn was going to be the number two in Bridgeport. UConn, so this isn't about the number ones exactly. This is about the number twos. UConn should have been in Wichita. Period. UConn should or have been Greensboro. anywhere. Or Greensboro. UConn should have been anywhere but, but Bridgeport. Bridgeport. Spokane, for all I care. But not Bridgeport. Not as a number two. You're the two seed. That's the problem here. And but look, what they're saying is, 
just like the number ones were seeded one through four, the number twos are seeded five through eight. Correct. North Carolina State was the number three seed. UConn, conveniently enough, was the number six seed. Convenient. Yeah. yeah. Not the five. The six. The but, six. and this is what I'm saying, that's why North Carolina State should have been in the Wichita region. Okay, but then you put UConn. But then you're. That's what I'm saying is you've got, if you're using the S curve, you put North Carolina State in Wichita, you put Louisville in Bridgeport, and nobody has any home court advantages anywhere. Period. Yeah. If you're going to use the S curve to put, to, to make the, the, the matchups, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But UConn shouldn't play as a number two seed. 80 miles from its campus with the possibility of playing a home game in the Elite Eight. And anybody that can't see that was in that room that day, apparently. Well, what you not, a, not all of them, because some of them are on Twitter defending it. I, I got a question, guys. You know, for so many years, both the men's and women's selection committees, you'll find some interesting second, potential third, potential – Elite Eight matchups that I don't think are just random, correct? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. the precedent, to, to me, the precedent has been set that you can maneuver a couple of pieces manipulate. for geography or matchups, what have you, to try to either entice some interesting, maybe second round, it's okay, but you're right. You, you can't give a one seed a disadvantage to a two seed. And so I get the S curve, but now they're doing this. Now they're just all of a sudden deciding to go. You know, Strictly. we seed everybody at the one seeds. We put preferential to geography, and then everything else just goes where. No, really? really, that's not how it happened. We all know that's not how it happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, ten thousand people. It was a great environment. Mm-hmm. Great environment. Great environment oh, for great UConn. Ball. For UConn. And, and, and overall for women's basketball. For women's basketball. Is, at the expense at of, the expense of NC State. NC State. Yeah. Yep. There, and, and that's exactly what. And we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. We're not the only ones talking about it. This is a PR move as much as anything because any PR is good PR. And just like last year, obviously that wasn't intentional but they realize that more people this year are watching the women's basketball tournament because of the stink that was made last year, mm-hmm. and that's only going and to so continue people are paying attention going to forward. It. Exactly. But, but – and that's fine. If any PR is good PR and you don't mind the bad PR because this is they bad. They clearly don't. They don't. They don't mind it on either side, men's or women's. That's that's the most equity this tournament has. Is the selection committees are trash cans <laughs> on both sides. Well, it 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 just you know the transparency of where where teams go sometimes and and where you put it. Listen, if if they would just this is ultimately this is entertainment. Um, <laughs> we try to be as fair as we can, but we have a lot of factors. We have television. We have, um, you know, a lot of things, sponsorships to think of. So we take all of that into consideration when we're seeding and we're placing people. If some type of statement along those lines would come out and say, yeah, we, I mean. It, it's not all about 
competitive. It's not just straight line competitive black and white because mm-hmm. it's not. But yet they continually. And we all know that. Yes, so stop they, trying exactly. to pretend like that's, we don't know it. That's We're, the issue. You're not smarter than us. That's, Correct. That's, I think that's the toughest thing is you're, you're insulting my intelligence. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's the, the most unfortunate thing is, again, North Carolina State has to take this and they have to swallow it because, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you're not going to not play. And, and you're not going to make too much of an issue of it on the front end because mm-hmm. you don't want to put any kind of idea in your kid's head that, you, you know, you, you, yeah. you, can't beat, you can't beat UConn in Bridgeport. So you got to go out there and – do Listen. what they did, but to try to tell 18 to 21-year-olds that they weren't disadvantaged, in that they're smart enough. They know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, can, you, you just have to say, Listen, I don't – we'll play it, but y'all need to know that we don't agree with this. Or you can say – no, we're not going to play it until there's another site. And here's the thing. They're changing the way that regionals are played next year. They're only going to two sites and instead I of four. I don't understand that. Two sites? Yeah. Two sites. So I, one I, side and the other. I need to know more about that. Is, is one of them going to be in Bridgeport? Uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't think so. That was in the article, uh, Mo. So, um, the Mohegan Sun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know Birmingham is one of them in a couple of years. That was um, moving forward. The women's tournament will move to two regionals next season: one in Greenville, South Carolina; one in Seattle. Okay. Future sites include Albany, New York, and Portland, Oregon in '24; Birmingham and Spokane in '25; Fort Worth and Sacramento in '26. But the committee must ensure that number one seeds aren't getting shafted in the future like the Wolfpack did," <laughs> said Grace Rainer. So there you go. So no, not in Bridgeport anymore. They got the they got the benefit one last time. There you go. All right. Who do they match up with? What's what's the women's final four look like? I don't I don't know. Yeah, that's it's in Minneapolis, right? Yeah. So I don't know who they play. I hope they get to. I hope they get to go to Paisley Park. (laughs) And that's uh, yeah, like I did. All right, let's take a halftime break. Come back. We'll talk a little bit of men's tournament in halftime, so stick around. 